Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, badder, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance and a fancy SVP title, I left corporate America to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the marketplace, and the boardroom. Now the CEO of my own media company, my goal is to change the world for my daughter and her friends. My first book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, dropped this fall and is based on what women wish they would have known when they were girls. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a safe place for us to share our goals and our dreams for the future. We record every week from the sound studio at The Space LV. Elizabeth Scrivener lost her stepson to mental health issues as an adult and was later moved to advocate for suicide prevention and mental health. She spent the last year of her life on a mission to bring awareness and conversation to this issue as a proud advocate. Elizabeth talks about the layers of grief in her own grief space, as well as the conversations we need to have with not only our friends and relatives, but the children in our lives who are on the front lines. As a licensed professional counselor for over 20 years, Elizabeth is committed to changing the stigma that therapy is for crazy people, even if it is only one person at a time. She is the CEO of Park Cities Counseling, recently appeared on the hit Bravo show The Real Housewives of Dallas, where she is a therapist to one of the housewives, and is considered hashtag America's therapist on both national radio and television around the country. She offers concierge counseling using FaceTime, phone sessions, personal travel coaching, and counseling in-home. Elizabeth talks through ways in which we can review our values, our ways of relating, and treating those we love, and digs deep into anxiety. Let's dig in. I'm so excited to include in gold Elizabeth Scrivener. Thank you so much for being on my call. You are America's therapist, and we have some mutual friends, and I've heard so many amazing things about you. So thank you for joining us today. I mean, I have to say, when I found out, is your podcast called Gold? Yes. What's it called? Yes. I was like, I'm just imagining like gold and sparkles and glitter. Mm -hmm. And if it includes any of that, I was like, I'm in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Dr. Mel um, is a mutual friend of ours, and she was my first, my first guest. And she was like, you have to know, Elizabeth, this is someone that like talks the talk, walks the walk, and a good person who's also doing some really amazing things around mental health. So I want to dig in because that is a topic that it's so important that we really start to, to talk about mental health in all of its iterations. In my book, I shared a stat that suicide is on the rise when it comes to young girls um, and concerns about mental health, preteens, teens, and we're seeing even more adults who are starting to take their own lives. And you have spent the past year advocating for awareness around mental health and specifically suicide. I want to find out what drew you to this and, and created this activism in you to speak specifically about this subject. Fabulous question. A year ago, I was at a gala. Yes, a fancy gala with ball gowns and this this striking woman who I would love to introduce to you and then would love to have, you will love her and want to have her on your podcast. Her name's Terry Bentley Hill. And we were at a gala, but it's not your typical gala. It is for suicide prevention and education for the Suicide Crisis Center of North Texas. And we're sitting around and everything looks beautiful in the photos and fabulous. And she walks on the stage and she's talking and she says, I buried my ex-husband and my daughter from mental health issues. 
And I knew about this organization before, and I had been to this before, and I had been around it before. But when she labeled it mental health Mm -hmm. and death, but not always just suicide, but mental health, I said to myself, yes, because I don't want to get involved with something unless I have a way to help, a way to help people organize their thoughts, their money, their information to a goal for prevention and education. So when she said died of mental health issues, I said, I'm in because I've studied that my entire life. Mm -hmm. And not only that, I've been a professional doing it for 20 years. And now I have teens doing this and I have a, a following and I'm in and I'm going to do it with all my heart and soul. So two years and seven months ago, I buried my stepson Mm. and he had mental health struggles and addiction struggles. And in the end, I like to say, you never know why someone died. Mm -hmm. You might think, you know, but I don't label his as I know, like, because he didn't just actively hurt himself but he struggled on earth. He had many restrictions here. And I really have no doubt that he is having a much better life in heaven. But it was heart crushing for me to be on the front lines of that. And also on the sideline, because I wasn't his mother, I wasn't his father. Mm -hmm. He was a grown adult and I didn't raise him. So it put me in a weird position where I didn't know where I belonged for a really long time. And I didn't know where my little babies belonged, who were, I believe, um, the 11, 11, and 8, mm-hmm. when we found out that he had passed away. And we held his dad, and we walked him through this process where I would consider it a dark time, but you don't even know it's dark because you keep putting one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. You, I had no place, no one to talk to. No one who I knew who understood, but I knew I had to get them to school and I had to do the daily activities and I showed up for my clients and I had this, it was a fog at best going on. So I'm two and a half years out of that. And this was a year and a half ago is when I said, you know what? I like doing this. I, I've got an answer. I've got some answers now. I've got some solutions. I've got some hope. Mm-hmm. Let's put this into action of raising money and awareness. And so I spent a year doing that passionately getting involved. I had no clue, not one clue. And I, that's a good thing. No clue. God was going to start healing my heart. No clue that he was going to say, I'm going to surround you with women who have grief, like you have healed and are healing. I don't know. That's probably, that's an incorrect word. Continue daily healing after 10 years, 15 years of burying people and babies and children. And you're going to walk with these women and they are going to show you your space where I'm not taking the space of anybody else. I'm not, I don't have to, my grief is it's kind of like loving somebody. Mm-hmm. There's enough love in your heart to love everybody. Nobody has to be better than same thing with grief. I don't have to take up anybody's grief space to have my own. And what they taught me is you're allowed to feel sad. You're allowed to cry. You're allowed to cry harder. You're too or you're three of something, then you're one. You're allowed to get over it and then not get over it again. You're allowed to, you know, they gave me permission in love and loved me and I had no clue. And I say, it's called Fashion Stars for a Cause, 
where we raise money for suicide and crisis of North Texas. And I say it was like joining a sorority because I didn't know you never get out. Right. So I stopped a year ago or a week ago and I'm back in with you and I did a Skype today and I did an interview because it's, I'm passionate about helping people find their space alive and, and for those who have buried people and are sad and, and helping people find solutions and hope again while I do the same in love and grace. I love it. It's so beautiful. And I love the community that's that's come around, right, in grief, <clears throat> understanding that grief is so layered and it's so different and it's it's malleable and ever-changing, um, but doesn't always quite go away. I'm curious when it comes to um, what we're seeing, there's, a, there's an uptick in specific populations around suicide and mental health. Um, what advice would you give or what, what um, awareness would you want to share with my listeners um, things that they can look out for or even be aware of if they have moments where they're contemplating um, struggles within their contemplate their suicidal ideation, there's thoughts that, you know, maybe it would be better if I don't wake up tomorrow. Um, what awareness can you share with those who have either had those thoughts or who, um, who have someone in their life who is, is struggling with mental health issues themselves? Yes, excellent questions. You've asked me about 10 and I love them all. So I'm going to start mm-hmm. here. One, I am extremely passionate about not only getting this word out that I'm getting ready to tell you, but actually putting it into action. And I'm putting it into action in my own family. I didn't know this was going to happen, but part of my process of walking this runway, March 31st, I think it was, was that I had had knee surgery the week, a month before. So I didn't know if I could walk in these heels, right? A and B, shockingly, I actually don't like walking runways. So I had thought about having my kids walk with me the whole year. Not did I know. I didn't know that actually I may need them to actually bodyguard me on the runway so I didn't fall in my heels and take like a huge spill. So part of it when they walked the runway was the message was with me, and it's twin boys that are 15 and 12-year-old. The message was part of the reason after they spoke about why I was there was that why I had my kids. At the end, they did mention the knee surgery, but all in all, I really believe God had placed them there and ordained them. And when I tell you why, after after this happens, it was obvious. The message was that often our children, my daughter's 12, so she's actually not even really a teenager. My teenagers and yours and others are on the front lines, whether you want to accept it or not. And so the visual message was me walking with these boys and my daughter and that they're on the front lines. One week later, just last Friday, a good friend of mine's family member shot himself and died. I was grief stricken for 48 hours. I called several people and I said, you know what? I've done this for a year and I'm just off this, right? Like this is like not even, it's a week ago today. I was like, I made no difference. I'm not helping anybody. This is worthless. I'm giving up and I'm actually going to quit counseling. <laughs> like, this Oh my God, you horrible. had this whole life. Yeah. Oh. I was like, this is horrible. Like I have, like, this is the saddest ever. I was just so taken back. Well, I didn't know that my kids had already heard about it before they got home from school. They had already dealt with it. They had already talked to, had conversations and were beginning teen forms of communication with another a family member that dealt with this in the same family, right? So they dealt with it before I did. Hmm. 
You the gave them the tools. living out of them being on the front lines. I had no clue was going to come about one week after I said this to people. I thought this was just an idea that was going to come to fruition over maybe the next 10 years. I had no idea. So the fact is, is that our students for students, us, you with your coworkers, me with mine, we're often on the front lines with people that the other people in their life don't know often what's going on with them, especially students. Kids know what's going on with the other students around them. That doesn't mean that they have the solutions. But if you ask, they know. One main message that I give to teens is this, and to adults. So it's the same message. Say something, do something. See something, say something, do something. Mm -hmm. Just do. We have many ways which it can be private, but we also have many things that are becoming in place where we have anti-bullying acts, where we have ways in which you can report um, things anonymously when you have a concern. You can never take your child or a family member to the ER too many times. That's not a thing. You can never take them to the doctor, to a therapist, or try new ways. And often people get worried about that. They're like, I don't know. Do we go to the ER? Yes, go. Mm -hmm. If somebody is telling you, I don't feel right, then you ask them, do you want to die? If the answer is yes, do you want to kill yourself? And the answer is yes. You take them to the ER, period, end of story. I don't care if it's two in the morning or two in the afternoon. I don't care if you have a busy day or not, you stop. And I, and I have many people around me, amazing, strong parents, amazing humans who are on suicide watch for their teens every single day. Mm -hmm. And I get the chills when I say that because when I tell you when you're on suicide watch for your teenager, nothing else matters, nothing. So it's hard to engage in life because you're talking about life and death here. And when it's death, it's over. There's no more hope to make it better. So it's, it's, it's a big deal. And when you see something, do something, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be perfect. And so some of the bigger picture solutions that I want your audience to begin to hear about and embrace would be this. If we think of this as an uptick or a, an increase, which I believe that to be true, patterns, trending, trendy, things that people are grasping onto when there's no hope, mm -hmm. we have to come up with solutions. And so I believe I've come up with the beginnings of some solutions that me, you, your listeners, my family, your family, and others can grasp onto that makes sense to begin to help. And a couple of the ideas are these that I'll run past you and I have uh, some others, but we have to begin to treat people like people and not machines and robots. Mm -hmm. I know we love our technology, but our students and our teachers and our coworkers and our peers are not robots. They can't show up at a 10 out of 10 every day. They have ups and downs and moods. They have feelings. They have daily lives that go on and we must treat them with compassion and with love and with grace and we must move away from the focus the laser focus of how pretty are you mm. how thin are you right how wealthy are you what did you make on your act what did you make on your sat how fast are you what sport are you in what activity do you do what level did you reach at your debate tournament? When that is 
all that matters. And when the pressure turns up and we, we do need to learn more as a society, we don't need to test more. We do need to learn about learning. We need to get away from the focus of if you don't make this certain grade, you are stupid. Mm. We have our kids in an archaic 1950s with technology way of learning and we expect them to de-stress. We're telling them if you don't make this certain standard in some form, you're not okay. And parents in fear many times grasp onto that. Mm-hmm. And they tell their student or their child, they'll say, it's not okay. You're grounded. Take your phone. You're stupid. What are you doing? You're lazy. You're this. So now we not only have the not okay in grades at whatever level that may be. Now we have, I'm going to remove you from your friends by taking your phone, maybe take you out of your activities and, and give you no solutions. Because guess what? I haven't been in the classroom in 20 years or 30 or 40 or who knows, but I don't know about you. But I personally do not want to go back to high school and take my kids' classes. Oh, for sure. I do not want to go back to college. Now, that doesn't mean I wouldn't want to learn. I study every day. So one of the solutions I'm giving people is to change the mindset. If we don't, as a collective whole, change the mindset of how we treat people and what we value, if we only value test scores and that's how you get into the best schools, only because of that. Not because you really actually care about the learning and want to become a more well-rounded human. That has to change, and I believe that it can when the message gets across in that way. I love it. I love it. I think that that's really, I mean, because we're in this um, get it together type of society where we are, and I've thought about that recently, the archaic way that we teach children and expect them to be perfect. And old patriarchal ways of kind of handling discipline and handling emotions. Um, and, and you talked about stress, and I, I, I do want to get to that. I want to get to stress and anxiety, but I know you have a couple of more suggestions and tools for us. So what would, what's the second thing? So it, if that one would be kind of called changing perspectives of people in schools and the workplace. I think the uh, another key point that I'd like to say is, and I, I, I kind of touched on it, but it's the, it's the way that we treat other people in our lives. I think it's the whole robot concept mixed with love. So there's the ideas of community and how we treat each other in all forms from birth to death and how we, what we value in the, and how we, how we process that. And I do think a big part is testing and, and grades and, and, and putting these labels on people for 20 years. And then you get out of school, you're like, but I used to be graded on the one to a hundred. Where do I fall? Right. The second one is how do we treat the people in our own family. And by the way, I mean, literally, I am a reality show in the making. I mean, everybody knows this. I mean, you will find me yelling and freaking out. I am, I mean, beyond imperfect. I'm not joking. I mean, we are, we are high, not high strung, but high movement. One time Mm -hmm. my daughter wrote a paper called The Active Family. I mean, even now when I'm talking to you, I'm walking. We're always on pacer, the go yeah. something going on. So it's really, we're, it's really funny like that. But, but one of the things, so when I say these ideas to you, that that's what they are. And, and I believe there's some practicality to them along with a ton of imperfection. I'm not a robot. So when I, even when I'm speaking to you right now, I have ideas of how this plays out and I do them to the best core of my ability. 
And I do believe at the end of the day, my family knows that I love them. Mm -hmm. That does not mean I don't freak out raising twin boys, you know, that are bringing in all this twin boy energy. (laughs) You're like, I don't know how to say it. Twin boy energy. I like it. (laughs) Oh, they're like these. I mean, from the day they were born, I was like, if I just had a padded room with mattresses, we'd be good. Right. I mean, by the grace of God, they're still living. I can tell you a handful upon a handful of uh, things where one would be running in one direction and the other the other. It just, by the way, it's still like that. It just looks different. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's messy. It's messy. And like when you just said, like, get it together, mm-hmm. I was getting ready for my interviews and I'm, okay, fine. So I'm, some of them are, I'm actually like, it's, it's, it's going to be like on the news. So fine. I have to kind of look like I've got it together. I mean, mm-hmm. right. So I'm getting dressed from the waist up so that I'm not on my knee that I told you all about, but I don't really have it together. But I guarantee you, if somebody doesn't hear this podcast and they see me on the news tonight, they think I do. Right. So a lot of that is about fake, get it together because we really all are just human. And I knew if I was supposed to do these interviews today that God was going to have to show up. Mm-hmm. And so when I couldn't get my earbuds out of the 10 earbud things that are all thrown in a drawer for the one that fits the computer so you could Skype and we could talk, I was like, God, if you want me to have these earbuds, you're going to have to do this. <laughs> There's too many, you know? And if you want me to do these interviews and it's because you want me to do them, not because I'm going to do them my own strength. Right. Well, then, then, and I don't really mean this, but God can get it together. He doesn't get to have to get himself together because we know he's together. But if he wants this to be together, then get it together because yeah. I can't. That's not on me. It's no, not in my strength. <laughs> well, and I appreciate that too because, you know, I, I've recently had a couple of people ask me if I'll coach them. And one of the things I ask is, do you believe in anything higher than yourself? Do you have any faith? Whether it's God, universe, divine, I don't care. Do you believe in something bigger than you? Because I think that that has a big part of self-love and and being able to kind of have the strength to get through the hard times to believe that there's something else taking care of you. So I love what you just said, right? That it's not just here's my kind of formula for the way things should be, but oh, no. life is complicated and it's it's messy and beautiful and layered and I appreciate when someone can come to the table and say, I have all these facts and all of these anecdotes and I've gone to school for this, but I also have deep faith because I know that there's something bigger than me that's also rooting me on. So I, I absolutely 100% get that. I, I have my moments where I'm like, if you could just give me a sign <laughs> that I'm heading in the right direction. Um, I love that. I have to tell you the sign that God gave me. So I believe a lot of times things come in three when he's trying to get our attention. And I've had this over and over in my life. So I told you about the story about how I did the gala. And I told you about the story about um, my kids and then how we got then to somebody committing suicide a week later mm-hmm. and how I had a national breakdown, as I'll call it. Like, I just was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Everybody, I'm done. I was probably just done, done. But I also right. was like, no. So I had... Okay, my birthday was like a month ago, by the way. I don't want people thinking it's now. I literally had my birthday celebration like two days ago, a month late because of this. So at my party, and I nobody, I mean, people knew like I'd done this, and they also knew how hurt I was at because they were at my birthday party. So they know me. I promise you. So this girl who does amazing jewelry here in Dallas, I think it's called Dia DM Jewelry. She gives me a pair of earrings and they're starfish earrings. And I was like, they're just fabulous. Okay. I was like, oh, oh, they're so pretty. Fabulous. And my stylist is almost in tears at this point. And she, and I was like, what? She goes, no, I can't. I'm not going to tell you. She goes, I can't. I'm not going to ruin the surprise. So I get home at 11 at night 
after I finish everything and I come home and one of my twins was still up. We open up these birthday gifts. He's with me and enjoying it. And it was so precious because honestly, he's exhausted, Mm -hmm. but he knows I want to open my gifts. So he was like, let's do this. So open up my stylist gift and I out pull a real like, um, what would a starfish be called? That's not living just a starfish shell, right? Mm -hmm. A huge, bigger than my hand starfish shell. And then she pulls out this poem, and I'm sure many you and many of your listeners have heard, but basically it's someone walking on the beach and there's starfish everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the person gets discouraged because they're like, I can't pick all these up. And it's like, but you pick up one and you throw it back in. It's the analogy. Yeah. I promise. I go to this huge event here in Dallas yesterday. It's called Mad Hatters. It's at our Arboretum. It's beautiful and everybody's beautiful. And it's over the top and it's hats galore and people who show up with, you couldn't imagine unless you go look it up, Mad Hatters. So I go. We pull up. Betsy Gallagher from Tootsie's is my stylist. And by that, it sounds super fancy, right? It's called I don't shop. I've got these like physical stuff going on and she's a good friend of mine. So I love her to death and we're going and it's so fun. And she, we're sitting there and I pull up in the ballet, of course, um, with everybody else with canes and stuff basically. And I'm not that old, but I'm feeling it. And I pull up and I'm like, we're hobbling in and, and, uh, she goes, look at that license plate. And it said sword. It said, um, starfish. She goes, you can't make this up. <laughs> You're Nobody has starfish on a license plate. It's And I was like, I got it, God. Yep. Just one person at a time. I'm not responsible for it all. Yeah. Just one human, one person, you, me. Yep. I think that's really beautiful. And I'm so glad that you shared that because I believe in that too. I believe that sometimes when you're kind of, you're, you're looking for validation, you're looking for, and a lot of times we want to give up, right? We want to give up um, when we have these grand plans and it's those moments of faith and conversation and even a text message. You know, this past week I got a text message from a friend out of the blue. I was, I've been, it's been a stressful week. It's been an extremely stressful week and I get this beautiful text message that says, I just want you to know, I look forward to every day seeing what you're posting on Instagram because I know that Mm. you're going to lift me up Mm -hmm. and you put me in check without realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And that's so awesome that she took the time to do that because for her, I bet for every one of her, Mm -hmm. there's like so many that feel that way, but she had your contact. Like a lot of people look at your stuff, but she was able to tell you, but I bet there's far, there are people you don't know that you uplift. That's so amazing that she told you. Yeah, it was, and it came at exactly the right time when you're like, I'm trying to be a mom. I'm trying to run a company. I'm trying to be a good partner. And it was one of those really beautiful moments. I I do want to pivot because I want to ask you about something that we we talked about a little bit um, in in when we talked about kids and de-stressing and kind of the world that we live in that creates, I feel like we are a much more anxious society. And maybe that's just me guessing at it, but I don't remember feeling as stressed until like I had devices attached to my hands, right? Where people could reach me all of the time. And one of the things that I have recognized in the past couple of weeks is I'm having a lot of conversations with women who are dealing with anxiety, where they're having a hard time catching their breath. I see it with our kids, the anxiety they have to perform that we've put on them, that society puts on them. And I just, I feel like there's, there has to be a correlation between some of the things we talked about in in mental health and the anxiety that, that people are feeling. And I was wondering if you had any thoughts on that. 
Oh, there is. There's a, there's a, they all correlate. You, you just brought in technology, Mm -hmm. mental health, anxiety, as we're talking about this other topic, they all go together. Oh, expectations and what we put on people. Mm -hmm. Um, so it starts. So when you talk about women and, and, and I'm guessing you're kind of talking about women and moms, but, but what I've found is you either typically at a certain age, you either have children or you have what I call many children. So you become like an Oprah or a mini Oprah, where a lot of people who don't have birth children mm-hmm. are like an Oprah who, Oprah couldn't be Oprah. I argue Oprah couldn't be Oprah without not, with having children. Mm-hmm. I argue that point. And by the way, we'll never know. <laughs> right. The point is, is that she had many multiples. We were all her children growing up. But part of this anxiety and catching our breaths and our children So if we talk about women, we have to start with ourselves. So if I can't catch my breath because I'm trying to pull out my cords to hook them up so we can talk and I can't do that and how am I going to, and I don't know that I've got to say, Hey God, I need your help or Hey, so-and-so, can you help me with this? Or Mm -hmm. call a friend, call somebody for support and reach out and ask questions if I don't do that for me as, as a, as a woman, and I don't know for me as, as a mom, I surely can't help anybody around me as a therapist or a mother Mm -hmm. because I'm, you know, I'm, I can't breathe. I can't. And, and so it is expectations. I mean, who set up this? And and by the way, I have grown adult and I, I hope today, one of the things I'll smash is, um, you know, Instagram is fake people. Yeah. It's fake. We talk about fake news, <laughs> and I have never said that before. But you're talking about fake news. Let's talk about Instagram posts. I'm not sitting around now. Sometimes I do real videos, but I mean, come on. I mean, Snapchat lighting is beautiful for goodness' sake. I mean, give me more of that. <laughs> but let's be clear: when I'm using more of that lighting, it's still fake, yeah. and I like it. But like, I don't like people thinking. You know, I had, I was on the radio with somebody and he said, I saw you were at that game. I said, I won there. I said, that was my kid's phone. He sent it to me, but I posted it because I really care about the game. But I I want people to know that's not real. We're all just living life as it comes all. Mm -hmm. There's no one. And people will try to argue me. They'll get me on celebrities. They'll get me on points. No, we all have to live this thing called life. One day at a time, one foot at a time. And just because it looks fancy doesn't mean it is. Yeah. It's so interesting. I had I gave a, a speech one time to a group of teenage girls. And one of the things that came up was I asked them, I'm like, how does it make you feel when you see certain, you know, starlets or celebrities on Instagram? And I showed them like the Kardashians and the, you know, mm-hmm. the kind of pseudo celebrities and these little Nickelodeon and whatever stars. And they were like I think she's pretty. I think she's this, but I'm like, but how do you feel when you look at it? I feel fat. I feel like I look too much like a kid. I feel like I'm not sexy. And is like 18 year old using the word sexy. Right? I was like, Ugh. <laughs> and you know, it, they're very aware. Like once you ask them, they're very aware of the fact that there's a comparison model. And I think that's one of the things I'm noticing too, is a lot of our unhappiness has to do with this comparison, this expectation, like you said, expectations, right? Expectations that we're supposed to have this perfect fake, fake is, expectation, yes. <laughs> like literally the Kardashians, by the way, and I'm one that I feel like as a therapist, I'm rare. 
I study something that I think is important that people are missing every day of the week. And that's a business model, people. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. But if you want to pick something they did well, which I'm very good at, I can pick your, your good traits, even when some people would say they're ruining this or that. But another thing they do well is contouring. I didn't know that was really <laughs> a thing. I swear. I mean, I don't contour. I can't contour. But you know what? It's pretty cool because it's kind of artistic. Right. And guess what? But as long as the conversation with my 12-year-old, when I talk about that that's cool, goes to an artistic trait, that you can change something Mm -hmm. in a way to make it look different than when you just woke up like that. Right. As long as those – and I say – and I was doing um, a series called um, Until We Continue This Conversation – the conversation has to just bleed over each day like like a watercolor. It's a watercolor painting of of conversations, like you said, that are layered upon layered mm-hmm. of one topic goes to the next with with women, with children, that your your friends that can't breathe aren't gonna be breathing tomorrow in a different way unless you continue the conversation and the actions and the beliefs and and we do that by supporting each other. Yeah. And and your your family, they're not going to learn these concepts that Instagram and, and, and these teen people that look like this and, and truly cause body, and <laughs> I don't think this is a word, but I made it up yesterday, lip dysmorphia. I mean, like, your <laughs> lips are too thin. Your lips aren't too thin. Like, I mean, that's a thing. Like, they're like, well, they're not perfectly shaped. Well, what is like, yeah. what are you talking about? I mean, I don't even care if somebody we believe is truly like, what do you call that on both sides? Perfectly symmetrical. Right. That's not a thing unless I'm on a Snapchat filter and then it is. And guess what? And I do love it. But is that who I am? No. Yeah. And you take that focus off that outside layer and you begin to talk about the inside layer. Yeah, no, I'm a big proponent of that. I think so. A lot of my project has been talking about your self talk and digging out your old stories and your old messages and your old beliefs um, that kind of led you to this place in life and creating conscious self talk and conscious girl talk for your girlfriends and the children that are overhearing you and, and conscious girl talk mm. with your daughters, like having daughter dates so that mm-hmm. um, one of the things I recognize, there's a direct correlation between a mother's self-esteem and her child's self-esteem, a mom's self-talk and a daughter's self-talk. So it created an awareness in me of taking a pause before I would say things. Yes. Also recognizing, yes. and I have to say I'm really proud of this, I would look at Instagram and I would follow all these fit moms thinking it would be inspirational. And that was not yeah. inspirational. I caught myself saying things like, I wish I looked like that. And I started flash on following those people and then following people that had characteristics I liked. And I was really proud of myself because about two months ago, this really sexy picture of this woman came up. And the first thing I saw, thought when she came up was, she's beautiful, good for her. And I was like, oh my God, like, look what I did. Like, I'm no longer comparing myself. I'm happy mm-hmm. for her. But it was it was a conscious kind of continual process that I had to create um, in order to get there. One of the things I want to ask you, because I do so much, you know, I, I want to understand kind of like people and their relationship with themselves and, and based on some of the mm-hmm. stuff that we just talked about. Um, one of the questions I ask everyone is, if you could go back and you could look at your younger self – what age would she be? What does she look like? Like, what do you get from her? And what would you want to say to her if you could talk to your younger self? 
So um, I well, let's we'll use five six. Okay. My mom had the insight, and she was capable and able in a society that said that you sit still and look pretty. Mm-hmm. She said, "God told me that I'm not supposed to tell you that." So she didn't. So I didn't. And I jumped around and I did gymnastics and I said what I wanted and I did what I wanted and I had a voice. Society, though, at the same time, my peers and my world around me, even in a state where it's Colorado and, you know, it's not like I was not living in a crushed environment, Mm -hmm. it said, you're bossy. Mm. And then I heard, I think, and I, I... I dislike that I might not quote this right, but I think it was the CEO of Facebook who wrote a book and said, bossy little girls, we use the word, and and men and women alike use the word, she's bossy. Yeah. What they really mean is she's a leader, but they didn't know it. And she she put that into action in my mind for me years ago. But what I would say to the younger me is a lot of people are going to tell you to sit still and look pretty, Mm -hmm. but keep using your voice in love. And guess what? It didn't always look like love. I pray, however it came out over all my long years of life so far, when it didn't, please God cover that in love because sometimes it looked like me telling you what to do, not in love, I bet. Because you can't come out of the womb and have a big voice and know how to put that in context. You have to learn it along the bumpy road. So people are going to tell you, Elizabeth Scrivener, sit still, look pretty, but that's not why I have you on earth. And that's what God said to me during my life and and something that I have embraced over my life. And I continue to embrace is that I do like people who sit still and look pretty. I do. It's pretty. It's cool. It's fun. It's, they look cool to me (laughs) and I still have to stomp around with my opinions. I love that stuff around with my opinions. You and I are very similar in that regard. (laughs) I have been told that I am, I have, um, I am power, what is it? You are politely direct um is it I I think the the word that was used most recently and I was like that's that's, pretty cool that's that means that I'm very opinionated (laughs) um one of the the other things I want to ask you that I I love asking people because I'm like I feel like me personally I feel like I was put on this earth to leave words behind to leave there's a ripple effect that's my something that my my life plan what I'm supposed to do there's supposed to be a ripple effect so if you could leave uh gold nuggets one, two, however many, of wisdom and inspiration. If you knew that you could leave something behind for the next generation when you depart, what would it be? Mm. You are enough and find out what your purpose is. Mm. I feel like finding out what your purpose is is when life and you make sense. I've seen so and many sometimes people-, people are like seven though. Like they're, they, they, their purpose is given to them and they're able to make sense of it because people around them help them make sense of it. Mm-hmm. And some people are 77. Yeah. And and you and I, I think, are similar in that some days we think like we are labeling some things. And I just began using the word legacy uh, because it made sense to me. The word legacy didn't make sense to me until recently. I, and, and because I was just very aware, what am I leaving behind for my children? And my children are my legacy. And so what I would say to them is you are enough. And I would say that to everybody. Mm -hmm. You are enough right now. And what is your purpose? And when you link those, when they're linked and and it begins to make sense and you walk that out, there is the ability to breathe. 
there's the ability to take care of the day-to-day of what is essential key. And when those nuggets are linked together, you can't miss, you can't lose. You can't, you can't, you can't, it can't go wrong. I love it. You are, you're enough right now. That doesn't mean tomorrow there's not something else expected of us mm-hmm. or a change or a turn. But you are enough. I love it. I love it. And I, I'm so appreciative of you coming on and sharing your gold. And if people want to follow you or on our favorite Instagram and Snapchat or um, see what work you're doing, where can they find you? So they can look. Um, I think it's Elizabeth underscore Scrivener is my Instagram. Then on Facebook, America's Therapist, Park City's Counseling. Um, and then my website is www.parkcitiescounseling.com. And so all those are a little different and you get a different version of what's going on in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, it's, it doesn't always show the, the mess, right? But, um, right? And then all of that shows you where you can contact me for FaceTime or Skype, phone, sessions. I do all of that seamlessly across the country now. It's very easy. And um, so I I love that too. I love doing my sessions with people either face-to-face here in Dallas um, or around the country. I love Via it. technology. Exactly. Use it Use it the way it should be, right? That's right. Thank you so hey, much for when I had fam- When I had ladies being able to schedule counseling sessions via Snapchat because the messages went away, I thought, I am winning. <laughs> I spent months trying to help people recover Snapchat for their children. I was like, I am winning here. They have privacy to like get to their therapist without repercussions. Yes. I love it. I love it. it. And thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us today and for your advocacy. And I know that you're doing um, big things one starfish at a time. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining today. I love Elizabeth's honesty, her faith, and her desire to help move mental health into mainstream conversation. Please follow her on Instagram at America's underscore therapist or her website at parkcitiescounseling.com. Elizabeth and I talk about doing deep work, which is the cardinal point of my new book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future. Get into the work with me. Lore is available now, available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. I'm always interested in content that uplifts, so if you have things you'd like to hear about, please share them with me in the comments. You can also find me on Instagram at ms.janetteschneider or Twitter at msjwrites. If you want some help moving toward that intentional life, join me every week on my intention journey. I'm inviting you totally free from my heart to your inbox. Sign up for my girl tribe at JeanetteSchneider.com and before you even wake up on Monday mornings, there will be a huge dose of motivation waiting for you. Yes, I will wake you up on Monday morning with intention setting prompts, give you some tips as to what is setting my soul on fire. On Fridays, I'm going to remind you to let go, recharge, and love yourself up with some self-care prompts to get present in your downtime. Intentional living is where it's at, y'all. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.